Here we are, week four of our Help Holy Spirit series. We've loved calling it Help Holy Spirit because we've recognised over these, these weeks and as we've done the devotions midweek and as we've done the messages on the week and we've recognised that we need the help of the Holy Spirit. We started off quoting Francis Chan's words um, from, the, from his book, The Forgotten God, which says, better to have the Holy Spirit inside you than Jesus beside you. And he was, he was talking about uh, Jesus actually said that about himself. And he got it out of John chapter 16, verse 7. And let me read to you from the ESV. It says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus' words. It is to your advantage that I go away. Better if I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. And then in the NLT, it says, But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. The best. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I'll send him to you. And Francis Chan was talking about, we've, we've lost sight that Jesus said, you need the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to help. That's why we call the series Help Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to actually dwell in you, not just have me beside you. That's what he's saying to his disciples. And that's what avail- what's available to us. What we want to do this week. week so week one, we talked about the, the, it was a bit of an intro series. Then we talked about the divinity of the Holy Spirit. And then we, talk, and we talked about the person of the Holy Spirit. And then we talked about the salvation through the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit as a good gift. Here we are this week. We're talking about the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And, I, and we, I'm going to talk about it in two aspects. The fullness of the Holy Spirit, in other words, him, him dwelling in us, that, that we are full of him because he's in us, and also him flowing through us. We are full, full to overflowing in the Holy Spirit. So let's look at, to start with, look, let's look at this concept of, of being full of the Holy Spirit because he is in us, because he dwells in us personally. I'm going to remind us of this and share a few scriptures with you. Have a listen to this in John 14, verses 6 and 7. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit to come. He says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and will be in you and later will be in you. Probably the way that Jesus is saying, the Spirit, the Spirit will be in you. So the Spirit, Holy Spirit is in us. There's a really, when we think of the, the, the phrase being filled with the Holy Spirit, probably the most famous passage in the Bible that comes to us is Ephesians chapter 5, 8, 18 and 19, where Paul says these words, don't be drunk with wine because wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. When we read that, there's that sense of um, the dwelling of the Holy Spirit to take hold of us, to producing an outflow of thanksgiving and praise and spiritual songs and all that. It's that dwelling in and flowing out. That's what that, the image of the fullness of the Holy Spirit is picked up here. But the interesting thing is that the Apostle Paul uses the analogy of drunkenness or, or don't be drunk on wine. And in the context of this passage, it's, it's, it's actually talking about living by the Spirit. And it goes through, uh, don't get caught up with the, with the things that the world offers to satisfy all the, all the behaviours of the world around us. Instead, live differently, live, live culturally different, not by your own choice or moral law or a code of contact, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
John Piper talked in one of our devotions said these words. Why do people turn to alcohol? For a happy hour. We all want to be happy, but there is a problem. The days are evil, which is what Paul referred to in Ephesians 5. Where do you turn when the days are evil? When you are frightened or discouraged or depressed or anxious? Paul pleads with us. Don't turn to alcohol. Turn to the Spirit. Turn to the fullness of the Spirit. And then he goes on to say, anything of value that alcohol can bring you, God, the Holy Spirit, can bring more. That's a devotional we read from John Piper. Turn to the Holy Spirit for the happy hour, for the happy life, for the life of, and we know, fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. I'll get on to that in a little bit of time, and, and Scott will speak even more into that next week. When we look at that particular verse from Paul, when he's saying be filled with the Spirit, it's, he, he's not talking about a one-off event. No writer or commentator that when they commentate on this particular verse in the Bible sees it as a, as a one-off event. They see it as a, as a fullness to overflowing to keep going. And, and it, but there's, there's something about letting the Spirit loose in our life. Like drunkenness can take over. It's compared to drunkenness as an analogy because too much alcohol will take over our life. And he's saying, don't do, don't do that. Let the Holy Spirit take hold of our life. The Spirit who, that is within us. Another I get, passage which, which tells us the Holy Spirit is in us is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. It says, don't you realise that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. Another moment, another time in Ephesians chapter 3. Actually, before I get onto that, I like that phrase, you do not belong to yourself. The Holy Spirit will actually identify us as one that belongs to God. And there's a battle, all the, there's always a battle with our sinful nature and with the flesh where we try to control things. We will be at our best and we will be filled with the Spirit when we give the Spirit control. When we say, Holy Spirit, take me. And we'll talk more about that in a bit of time as well. Let me go to Ephesians chapter 3. One of the most famous prayers in the Bible. And it finishes with, and God can do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. And it says, it says things where you'll be rooted and established in the love of Christ and all this thing. But it starts, the start of this prayer in Ephesians chapter 3 is this. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That there's, there's no question the New Testament writers are speaking out that the Holy Spirit is in our inner being. Let me read to you another spot in Romans chapter 8. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And then a little bit further on, it says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And when Paul writes to Timothy, he says these words, Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. So just when you see this, there is no question that, that the understanding, Jesus himself says, the spirit will be in you. He will dwell in you. 
And he's not just talking to disciples. And we, we know that because Paul's actually writing to Timothy, who wasn't one of the disciples, saying the spirit is in you. When he writes to the Ephesians, he's saying, and the spirit will be in you, in your inner being. The Holy Spirit is in our inner being. We can, he dwells in us. He fills us. He does that to us personally. He dwells in us personally. But do you know he also dwells in us as a body, as, as a community? He dwells in us as the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 22 says this, In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Holy Spirit. We are being built together as a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. The context of that verse was Jews and Gentiles coming as one, with Jesus being the cornerstone he's talked about. And then, and, and, and what does he say? And you will be a, together, you'll be a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Let me read to you from 1 Corinthians 3.16. It says these words. Realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you. So when we gather together, the Spirit of God is present in us as a body. He wants to fill us as a body. He wants to fill us personally. There's something powerful in this, the person of the Holy Spirit. Because remember, he's, he, it's, it's him, he, it's a he, it's a person of the Holy Spirit. We've learned that, that dwells in us. He's another advocate or another helper. I will send another helper, Jesus said. R.A. Torrey, I'm going to come back to this quote. I've been there a number of times. Let me read it to you again. If you think of the Holy Spirit as so many Christians do today as a mere influence or power, then your thought will be constantly, how can I get hold of the Holy Spirit and use it? But if you think of him in the biblical way, as a person of divine majesty and glory, your thought will be, how can the Holy Spirit get hold of me and use me? How can the Holy Spirit get hold of me and use me? Because he dwells within me. Let me read to you from A.W. Tozer. Um, just hang in there. I've just got to get my book off my, off my chair. Okay, just hang in there. I've also got my glasses. I really, it's, it's, it's from a book, The Best of A.W. Tozer. And, and he says this, and I really love this. He says, you must, I say, be satisfied that this is nothing added or extra. This is the spirit-filled life. The spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. You must be satisfied that life in the spirit is not abnormal. I admit it is, that it is unusual because there are so few people who walk in the light of it or enjoy it. But it is not abnormal. In a world where everybody was sick, health would be unusual, but it would not be abnormal. This is unusual only because our spiritual lives are so wretchedly sick and so far down from where they should be. You must be satisfied again that there is nothing about the Holy Spirit queer or strange or eerie. And you know we can get into that state of thinking. I believe it has been the work of the devil to surround the person of the Holy Spirit with an aura of queerness or strangeness so that the people of God feel that the spirit-filled life is a life of being odd and peculiar or being, of being a bit uncanny. What A.W. Toes is saying 
is he's saying that the life of fullness in the spirit is available to all of us. It's not for the super spiritual because he dwells in each of us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And part of the fullness of the Spirit is actually to expect that the Holy Spirit can take, can, expect the Holy Spirit can take hold of our lives. And that's where we want to move to the next part of being filled with the Holy Spirit. One, it's recognizing and surrendering and saying, Holy Spirit, have me because you are in me. Two, it's Holy Spirit, flow through me. Let me read to you some more of Jesus' words. And these are from John chapter 7. And I, I really like this. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within. It will flow. By this he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So Jesus is saying there's an expectation that come and drink of him and, and, and the living waters will flow. And we go, yeah, we get to know Jesus and the living waters will flow. But John actually is saying he was talking about the Holy Spirit. By this, he meant the Spirit. And those who believed in him were later to receive it. We, we, we come to Jesus and we receive the Holy Spirit who's meant to, to flow like living waters through us. Let me, let me, let's, pick, let's have a look at this flowing. When the Holy Spirit fills our life, we will flow in praise. Back to Ephesians chapter 5. Don't be drunk with wine because wine will, that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. One of the, one of the, the, the physical manifestations in the New Testament when people were filled with the Spirit was speaking in tongues. We can expect when the Holy Spirit flows for us, for us to be belting out praise and worship and singing to our God. I'm not saying at every single time it's going to be equated with tongues. or It may be, but what I'm saying is it's going to be equated with being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's going to be equated with us, with a burst, us bursting forth in praise. The Holy Spirit is going to take hold of us and we're going to praise and we're going to sing and we're going to flow, giving glory to God. That will be a natural expression. Let me read to you what D.L. Moody said about being filled with the Spirit. He goes, I firmly believe that the moment our hearts are emptied of selfishness and ambition and self-seeking and everything that is contrary to God's Lord, the Holy Spirit will come and fill every corner of our hearts. But if we are full of pride and conceit, ambition and self-seeking, pleasure in the world, there is no room for the Spirit of God. I also believe that many a man praying to God to fill him when he's full already with something else. Before we pray that God would fill us, I believe we ought to pray that he would empty us. That is something I've picked up in the ancients. These, these writers have, who, who've walked, who've impacted for the kingdom in such powerful ways have talked about a life full of the spirit and have said we need to be emptied of, of, of the things of this world. For, it to, for, for him to flow, for the Holy Spirit to flow through us. And to fill us to overflowing, we need to empty ourselves of self-aggrandizing, um, selfishness, basically. 
So part of flowing, being filled with the Spirit is flowing in praise, but it's also flowing in prayer. Uh, it says in Ephesians 6.18, Pray in the Spirit at all, at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. But it starts with praying. That's done by praying in the Spirit at all times and every occasion. Prayer will become a natural part of our expression when we're, when, of, our, of our life when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. One of the really encouraging uh, scriptures during this series has been this one. And it's, it's Romans 8, 26 to 28. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we, we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what's in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that those who love God all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That imagery, we groan in prayer. I remember a little while ago, um, just had had a, had a really, I was going through a tough season. And, um, and I just remember someone saying something to me, which just, it just hurt. And I got in the car and I drove off and and I was driving and I said, God, it was the groaning stuff. I said, God, I love you so much. You know how much I love you. And this was a bit of a full of the spirit moment, but it didn't feel good. I love you so much. And my the thing that they'd said, and I just said, Lord, I, I, I'm available. Use me. But if I'm not the one, because... Do it with, just to do what you want to do with someone else. That's okay. I'm fine with that. I'm just tired of being misrepresented. There's a few things going on. Misrepresented, misunderstood. I'm just tired, Lord. I get home and, and um, yeah, one of, my, one of my sons goes off and, and, he gets, and then I get a phone call from my son saying, Dad, and he's in tears, I've lost my, I've lost my license. And I remember getting off the phone and just crying out to God, just crying out to God, going, Lord, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Just despair. Help. Didn't even know what to pray. Help. The phone rings again. It's my son saying, Dad, you won't believe it. I haven't. Um, I, 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 was, I, I haven't. I'm okay. It's all it's all been sorted, and it was just a miracle. When we flow in the spirit, we'll we'll pray. We won't find ourselves getting angry or desperate in the sense of doing desperate things in our own strength. We'll just be desperate for God. I need you. That all. I, I, there was tears. There was. I was just overwhelmed. When we're filled with the Spirit, those moments will just be cast into God. You are my only hope. When we're full of the Spirit, we'll flow in prayer, we'll flow in praise, we'll flow in a fresh new significance. Check these words out. 
Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. When you see these words, what we're reading is the spirit calls out Abba, Father. The spirit of his son is into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit is is giving us a real deep understanding that God is our father. And our significance is found in him. There's a song that um, I love it when Scott sings it. Yes, I am a child of God. I love those words. I am a child of God. When we're filled with the spirit, we just belt those words out, say, out, out and just go, I'm your child. We flow with a fresh significance because we know who we are, a fresh identity. When we're filled with the Spirit, we flow in love. He has told us about about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's Paul writing to the Colossians. I'll go back. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So he he hears this great story about the Colossians that comes back to him. and, And he says, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. When we see, when we're filled with the Spirit, love just flows. And we know that because if we have a look at Galatians 5, it's we, we flow with a fruitful life. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There's no law against such things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, we are flowing in the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. When we're filled with the Spirit, we're consumed with the Spirit to live a fruitful life. We have peace where, where, where we should have turmoil. We have joy when we should have despair. We have love when, we, when, we, when the world says we should take revenge. We have patience when we can't wait. We have kindness where we're the last thing that we feel like is being kind. We have goodness when, 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 when badness is done towards us. We have faithfulness when we don't want to endure. We have gentleness when we feel like being harsh or harsh is done to us. We have self-control when, when the enemy comes with his seduction or with his um, manipulation of our lives and we, or his, tempt, sorry, his temptation. When we're filled with the Spirit, we flow with a fruitful life. J.I. Packer says these words, The Christian's life in all its aspects, intellectual and ethical, devotional and relational, upsurging in worship and outgoing in witness, is supernatural. Only the Spirit can initiate and sustain it. So apart from Him, Not only will there be no lively believers and no lively congregations, there will be no believers and no congregations at all. I'm going to read to you from A.W. Tozer again. J.I. Packer has just said, without the Holy Spirit, we can't live this life of, of flowing and fullness. This is what... I I want to finish with this. This is what A.W. Tozer says to us. And it's basically, do we really want it? Are you sure you want your personality 
to be taken over by one who will expect obedience to the written and living word? Are you sure that you want your personality to be taken over by one who will not tolerate the self-sins? For instance, self-love. You can no more have the Holy Ghost and have self-love than you can have purity and impurity at the same moment in the same place. He will not permit you to indulge self-confidence, self-love, self-righteousness, uh, self self-admiration, self-aggrandizement and self-pity uh, under the interdiction of God Almighty. And he cannot send his mighty spirit to possess the heart where these things are, where these things exist. I've got a bit clunky with that reading, sorry. Again, I ask you, if you desire to have your personality taken over by one who stands in sharp opposition to the easy ways of the world, no tolerance of evil, no smiling at crooked jokes, no laughing off things that God hates, the Spirit of God, if he takes over, will bring you into opposition to the world, just as Jesus was brought into opposition to it. The world crucified Jesus because they couldn't stand him. There was something in him that rebuked them. And they hated him for it and finally crucified him. The world hates the Holy Ghost as bad as they ever hated Jesus, the one from whom he proceeds. Are you sure, brother or sister? Are you sure you want his help? Yes, you want a lot of his benefits. Yes, but are you willing to go with him in his opposition to the easygoing ways of the world? If you are not, you needn't apply for anything more than you have because you don't want him. You only think you do. Now, I like A.W. Tozer because he, he, I like him. He hits, hard, he hits hard, but there's some real truth in that. And I'd go back to Tori who said, we, we, we want the spirit, but the reality is, we want to take hold of the spirit, but the reality is, Will we let the Holy Spirit take hold of us? Paul uses the spirit and drunkenness side by side. As drunkenness takes hold of us, consuming too much alcohol. He compares the Holy Spirit to that. Let's let the Holy Spirit manifest all his fruitfulness. Manifest his giftings, his witness. And we're going to start talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in the weeks to come. But before we can even go there, we've got to ask the question, do I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And my encouragement is a simple, is a simple surrender and prayer away. And it could be a groaning because you don't know what to say. But just to cry out, Holy Spirit who dwells within me, take hold of my life. Take hold of my life. I surrender to your guidance, your counsel, your wisdom, your ways. Help, Holy Spirit, me live a life that brings glory to my God. Let's pray that that's our posture. Holy Spirit, we surrender to you. To your work in our lives. We, we surrender to you as you saved us. We surrender to you to, to purify us, to, to, to make us holy, to bear fruit in our lives. We thank you that you dwell within us. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you'll be our counsellor. 
that you will help us, you will overflow us in prayer and praise and fruitfulness. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for taking up residence in us personally and in us corporately. Jesus, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Lead us on, Heavenly Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, and our fellowship with you, Holy Spirit. Thank you and praise you all. Praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. As you can see, I'm still getting used to praying Trinity-type prayers. Keep pressing into it. Keep pressing into God the Father, Christ the Son, and our Counselor and our Helper, the Holy Spirit.